Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello friends and welcome once again to The Words of Jesus. I'm Don Harris, your host, and uh, we've enjoyed as we continue through the red ink in the scriptures, uh, reading what Jesus had to say and um, and the Sermon on the Mount has been no disappointment whatsoever. There's a lot of stuff in there, and so you know you you gotta have to resist the temptation to try to push through it, just because it's a lot of work, uh, and enjoy every word of it. That's why I intend on doing it anyway. Um, we were talking yes last show. We were talking about how the um, the idea of um, uh, the, the Jews receiving their instruction from the law and from the prophets was to, was to uh, no longer be. That Jesus Christ was going to be the one who taught us from now on. And uh, this was very difficult for them to uh, believe. It was difficult for Paul. It was difficult uh, for many reasons for Paul because he understood that there was one God and um, and that's all there was or ever could be. The idea that there be a son of God was just anathema to the Jews. They just, they could not swallow that. As a matter of fact, when Jesus said he was the son of God, um, uh, they accused him of trying to power grab. They were accusing him of, of trying to set himself up as a god. Uh, and, and why is that? Because um, he, they were saying, by saying that you are the Son of God, you're making yourself equal with God. Well, that's not necessarily true. Um, no, he, Jesus would consider it the you know, blasphemy of all blasphemy to say that he was equal to his Father. I don't think any son who respects his Father would say that in any case or any situation. Uh, no matter how much authority and power the Father gave the Son, uh, the Father is always the Father. And uh, so these were things for uh, Paul to consider. It's things for us to consider. Um, uh, and we briefly talked about the fact that the Godhead um, that we find in the Scriptures is not necessarily a Godhead of three, uh, but a Godhead of two, um, which is the Father and the Son. Uh, you think, well, you know, what about the Spirit? Well, um, most of the time when they talk about the Spirit being part of the Godhead, outside of the, um, the, uh, the manufacturing of a trinity by um, uh, St. Patrick, I believe, um, there, uh, there's really no reason to believe that there are, um, that God is a Spirit, that Jesus Christ has a spirit, and that we're given a spirit, and all these spirits are different. Uh, the 17th chapter of John, I think, would explain to you exactly what Jesus' goal was uh, to take us into the family of God. We would all fall under and be a part of that spirit of God, which is the same, uh, which is God himself. Uh, that spirit was in Christ, and hopefully it's in you as well. Um, it's in the world to different degrees in different ways, but the Spirit of God is not an entity of God, 
but um, it is uh, indeed God himself. And as he infuses himself into uh, our life, into his son's life, and into, as I say, different places and, and particular uh, 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 characteristics of nature, that, um, and, you know, we, we can understand that the, the Spirit of God is a very, very real thing. Um, it's just there's no reason to believe that it is uh, a part of uh, an inseparable part of a trinity. Um, and uh, so, as I say, I'm not, I'm not beating anybody up over this. You want to believe in a trinity, you can do that. Uh, I don't care. Um, I mean, it, it's not like I'm, I've got some axe to grind. I don't. Um, if you're believing in a trinity and you don't, and you don't believe it, and you don't understand it, and you, you, you don't really you know, care for it, and you couldn't explain it if you had to, but you say you believe it in order to belong to your church, well, now you're talking about hypocrisy. That's a different subject altogether, but don't catch yourself doing that. Um, if you believe in a trinity, then believe in it. <laughs> I mean, just believe in it. Don't try to tell me about a chicken and an egg and a or a shell and a yoke and a white and all the rest of the stuff, isn't it? You know, that they were all three at the baptism and they were at the transfiguration and all this. I, you know, okay, nice, you know, uh, anecdotal stories, but that's not, that's not what's, you know, wh- where's the demand to believe this? I mean, there's people that are, have already switched the show off at this point because of what I just said. There are people that don't, don't want anything to do with me because of what I just said. Um, and I just, I don't know what they base that on. I really, really don't. The Bible says he that denies the Father and the Son is Antichrist. Wouldn't that have been a nice place to put Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? But they didn't. He that denies the Father and the Son. There's your Godhead. He that denies the Father and the Son. He's Antichrist. Jesus says, if you know me, you'll know the Father. You know the Father, you would have known me. I and my Father are one. I mean, over and over again we hear, I and my Father. We hear the Father and the Son, over and over again. I don't want to talk about it so much because, you know, I don't know how much attention it actually deserves. It doesn't matter. You can believe anything you want. There's people that believe they're going to heaven when they die. And I, you know, what am I going to do about that? I can't do anything about that. You can believe you're going to Saturn when you die, if that's what you want to believe. But... So where do you and I come to fisticuffs when you say this book says it? That's when, that's when you and I are going to argue about it. Uh, but until then, you can believe anything you want. Now, the reason that we talked about all those things is because I wanted you to understand the authority um, and the sovereignty, if you will. Uh, Jesus has a certain sovereignty, but it is under his Father's leadership. Um, the the king the kingship of Jesus Christ as the king of of this universe that we live in he was the creator of all things he's the one who created us he's the one that gave the law at Mount Sinai he's the one that visited with Abraham he's he's the one he's the one he's the one he he just keeps showing up and when he gets here you might have thought that was the father that appeared to Abraham you might have thought it was the father that spoke to Noah you might have thought it was the father but Jesus He's standing here in, in century one saying, no man has seen the Father at any time or heard his voice. So 
He's just saying, you folks have got some doctrinal, some theological problems that need to be worked out. I'll help you with them if you'd like. Ah, no, thank you. I think we're just going to kill you and go and start a college. All right, uh, so I guess what I want you to know is, is the words that we hear, they're not the words of a prophet. They're not the words of a really great guy, you know, in a, in a white robe, uh, a little sheep-toting Jesus, you know, a really, a really nice man who appeared 2,000 years ago. These are the words of our God. You understand that? Uh, Jesus is our God. Well, he is. <laughs> and, um, and so when he speaks, we should... Listen to what he says. I know, I know that sounds elementary and almost condescending, but it's amazing how many people don't do what he says to do. All right, uh, so our God has this to say to us. Let's continue with the Sermon on the Mount. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It's thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. Um, there's a, I don't know, recently, I don't know, if it, was there a book that came out? I don't know, everybody got excited about salt and light, right? Have you heard this? And every preacher was preaching. They all drink at the same bar, so they exchange notes and they all preach what each other preaches. And um, so this salt and light thing came out, how we're supposed to be the salt and we're supposed to be the light, and salt means this and light means that, and look at this and look at that, and uh, it, all this stuff is interesting and everything, but how does that keep me from being my wife? <laughs> how does that keep me from uh, from uh, arguing with my neighbor or cheating him or stealing from him or or, or stealing his wife? How does how does this how do these little things about being salt and light and all these cute little stories how do they make any difference in my life? Because that's what I'm after. I want to please God, and just because Jesus says you are the salt of the earth does not necessarily mean that you are. Now, I mean, if you can't hear in, in this that you're supposed to be, yeah, I don't think you're reading this correctly. You're the salt of the earth? Well, it, you say, well, he doesn't say that. How can you say that? Because he says if, a salt, if the salt has lost its savor, how are you going to make it salty again? Wait a minute, losing its savor? What in the world could that mean? Listen, you might be the salt of the earth, but pretty much you taste like sand. <laughs> you know, that's not salt. I know it's white. I know it's in a shaker. I know it's in a little round box with a girl with an umbrella over her, over her shoulder. But that doesn't make it salt. It's just labeled salt. It used to be salt. I don't know if it's happened to you, but uh, it, it does happen that you know, a salt shaker sits on a table, and if, you know, my, my salt, it doesn't, it doesn't go bad. <laughs> I don't understand this like some people do, but some people don't eat it. They don't want anything to do with it. Um, I want it on everything. And um, so I don't necessarily have a problem with salt losing its savor. But if salt does sit around for a long time, that's exactly what happens to it. All of a sudden, it's just not salty. It's not salty like it should be. And so what happens is that the salt shaker that's on your table, uh, and you use it, and you use it, and you find you need more and more of it, and you find yourself, you know, just doing this 
to your food because there's just there's just no salt there. It just I don't know, it just doesn't have any savor. Um, and then you think, oh, it's empty. <laughs> Wonder how that happened. Uh, and you go to the cupboard and you go get yourself the the little girl with the umbrella, and you're pouring it full there, and you get the little, and then you put it on your food, and now you're in the habit of using way too much, and then you're going to find out what. That salt had lost its savor. But this new salt that you just poured in there, it's plenty salty enough. And it doesn't take much at all. So what happened? Salt just lost its savor. That's all. You know what did it? Age and exposure to this world. Friend, just because Jesus says you're the salt of the earth does not mean that you are. Well, I mean, it doesn't mean you're effective. It doesn't mean that, okay, you're the salt of the earth. Oh, God's called me to preach. No, I'll tell you what, why don't you stay home? We got enough goofy preachers out here. There's enough people out here lying to people. We don't need any more, not yet. We'll call you, okay? Um, and I say we because I'm one of them. I just thank God I, I jumped out of that stuff before it killed me. Um, I mean, I, I jumped straight into the scriptures and decided that, if the scriptures didn't teach it, I wasn't going to. I'm just not going to teach it. If the scriptures don't teach it, I'm not going to teach it. If the scriptures teach against it, I'm going to teach against it. And now all of a sudden I found out that all my little sugar stick sermons, I got a, I got a book full, man, of sermons that they're worthless now. Absolutely worthless. Because they're just based on the words of the other people. Well, what in the world happened? There was a time when I was the salt of the earth. What happened? Age, exposure to the world. That's all. That's all. You know, Jesus talked about uh, washing one another's feet. Remember this? And Peter uh, says, no, 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 you're not going to wash my feet. And he says, now, Pete, if I don't wash your feet, then you don't have any part with me. And Peter broke down and said, oh, well, in that case, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Remember that? Because he wanted that relationship. Jesus said, no, Pete, it's okay. I know you're bathed properly. But you see, your feet get dirty from walking through the world. And you know, that's what happens to us. And you know, yeah, you were the light of the world. You were the salt of the earth. But something has happened. Listen, if you don't keep this salt fresh, how do you keep it fresh? I'll tell you in a minute. If you don't keep this salt fresh, if, if, if you're not salt with savor, do you know what you're good for? Nothing. How would you like, how would you like to be described by the Bible as good for nothing? Because that's the only place I know of that it appears. Right there. Good for nothing. This salt is good for nothing. He says, he says this, this salt, when it loses its savor, it's, neither, it's, it's not fit for man. It's not even fit for the dunghill. You know, the, the, the salt was a purification of, uh, uh, you know, where fecal matter and such had uh, ground just nearly unusable as farmland. It could be purified over time with the sun and salt. And uh, by the way, which is the light of the world, is it not? 
So you got light and salt that purifies this ground that's full of fecal matter. And this was a practice, and this is what they, un what they understood how this, these kind of things happen uh, to keep these... Uh, you know, too much salt goes in the soil, it, you know, it won't, it won't even grow anything, not for many, many years. But um, I'm saying that the, the salt, in, its, in, in one of its uh, uses, usages in, in uh, our society, in, in, in the entire world, not just our society is that it, it was a purifying thing. Um, it, it, it purified wounds. It cleansed things. It cleaned things. It was a, it was a form of payment to a Roman soldier. Uh, you ever heard of somebody not being worth their salt? Even our word salary comes from the word salt. Uh, so uh, this value, that the, the, so that the world may have value, God's people need to interact with it. But as you interact with it, um, your salt starts to lose its savor. Jesus asked the question. He says, if salt loses its savor, wherewith, in the King James, wherewith shall it be salted? Now, is that confusing to you? He's saying that if salt loses its savor, how are you going to make that salt salty again? You see, you can't. You have to mine new salt. You have to go get some new salt. I understand that, that they would take um, uh, sheets of, uh, of linen and, and uh, run water through them and dry it out and, and shake these sheets and the salt would come off of them. They had ways of making salt without having to mine it. But nevertheless, it took new salt to make, to, I mean, to, to fix this problem. But if salt has lost its savor, it is thenceforth, thenceforth, from this moment on, thenceforth, good for nothing. But to be cast out and trodden under the foot of God? Is God going to punish you because you're no, you don't have enough salt in yourself? Remember Jesus said, have salt in yourself. Is God going to punish you? that you be cast out and trodden under the foot of Jesus, trodden under the foot of the church, trodden under the foot of, of your family. It says trodden under the foot of man, doesn't it? It says that you're going to be so worthless that uh, people are going to walk over you. They're not even going to know it. Cast out and trodden under the foot of man. What does that mean? Thrown in the street. It doesn't have any value in the house. Throw it in the street. People walk right over it and never know it. Have salt in yourself. Now, if time, and I say age, probably not a good choice of words because as you get older, you get kind of touchy about the word age. But, but time and exposure to the world, and I mean the atmosphere, uh, you know, you... Uh, you know, I was raised in Florida, and you didn't have a salt shaker on the table unless it had rice or something in there to absorb the moisture because the thing would just get wet because it attracted uh, moisture. And, uh, and down there, you know, where they have 118% humidity, uh, it was a problem. But, but the attraction of moisture and the evaporation and the exposure to the air and these kind of things over a period of time 
the salt just loses its savor. Now, I'm telling you that it is. Uh, you say, well, I thought we were supposed to be a part of the world. We're, yes, you are. As a matter of fact, um, uh, it's, it's all part of our Christian experience, is it not? To, to be to the world what they need a man of God or woman of God to be. But it's not necessarily, um, I mean, yes, the exposure does make that salt less salty. But um, how do you fix this? How do you have salt in yourself? Well, uh, if you've got a salt shaker and you say, you need to have some salt in that shaker, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to fill it again, aren't you? You're not going to fix what's in there. You're going to fill it again. And um, so if you've got a full shaker <laughs> of salt, are you getting lost in these metaphors? I'm sorry. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this other than this. But um, if you've got a full shaker of salt that has no savor, now you've got a problem. Because there's no room in the shaker to put new salt. So what do you got to do? Well, it's thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out, trodden under the foot of men. You throw the salt out, you refill it. Have salt in yourself. Well, you realize that should we be sharing that that spice of life, which is, you know, the salt that, that gives flavor and savor to everything about life. And uh, whose responsibility is that? It's ours. Whose ability is that? It's ours. You're the salt of the earth. You're the only thing that makes this, this horrible mud ball worth living on is the Christians. And you don't think so? <laughs> Wait till they're taken out of the way. Wait till they're out of the way. Watch what happens. Uh, you know, once once the Lord sets us aside in that in that tribulation period, uh, and things get let loose, it's going to be bad. You're going to see what it's going to be like. Well, it is the salt of the Christian in the world that makes it worth living. It's your comment to the girl that's considering abortion. It's your comment to the guy that's thinking about killing himself. It's your comment to the couple that's thinking about divorcing. It's your it's your comment. It's, it's your voice. It's your example. This is all salt. And you want to keep that to yourself? You want to sit there in your living room and just watch TV? You want to sit there at your house and, you know, dink around with your little flowers or, or whatever it is, whatever your little hobbies are or whatever they are? You don't want to get involved? You don't want to spread this salt? You don't want to use this salt? to make your life and people around your lives better, you're never going to use up what's in the shaker. <laughs> and you know what you're going to find is, one day all of it's going to be worthless. It's going to be worthless. You never replaced it. There was no need to replace it because you never gave a bit of it away. Not a bit of it. You're the salt of the earth. You need to be careful, though. Just because you're called the salt of the earth does not mean that the salt within you has savor. It doesn't mean that the salt within you has any, any power, any flavor. You can't use it as a preservative. You can't use it as, a, as a, a, a disinfectant. You can't use it in any way. It's worthless. It's absolutely worthless. So what are you going to do? Look, my advice to you is use it. Use it up. Seek God for more. 
have salt in yourselves. And I think that if we do this, 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 this scripture, this warning, this is never going to be a problem for us. You can tell when your, you can tell when your savers getting low, can't you? Sure, you can. Uh, we have a responsibility in this world. We have a responsibility in this life. We need to be to the world what Jesus Christ would be to the world if he were here. Pretty simple, isn't it? Well, I can't work miracles. Who's talking about miracles? I can't heal the sick. Well, who's talking about this? Who's talking about raising the dead? Who's talking about floating through the air or walking on water? Not me. You know what the the Bible says? that, That Jesus went through life and things were presented to him. He was accused of being a heretic. He was accused of being a bastard. He was accused of being... (laughs) <laughs> I hate this term, but um, they called him Beelzebub, the Lord of the Flies. You know what that means? It means he was the sewage god. He was the dung god. That's what they called him. And he suffered all these things unnecessarily, and most importantly, undeserving of any of it. He didn't deserve to be talked to about, talked about this way. He didn't deserve these names given to him. The Bible says that he suffered wrongfully. And when he suffered wrongfully, you go through life, you don't deserve to be treated badly, but you might be. It'll happen. It could happen. And if it does, suffer it. Why? Because the Bible says that Jesus did what he did, lived the way he lived, to be our example, that we might follow in his steps that's where the title of that book came from from the scriptures that teach us this is the way i want you to live i want you to follow in his steps jesus was constantly shaking salt on everything that he got in the air and this is exactly what we need to do you know the bible says and in the old testament it says that no no sacrifice is to be given without salt. Salt is a part of the sacrifice. It's a, it's, a, it's a part of life, and you are the supplier. You're the purveyor of it. People outside of Christ, they have no salt within themselves. The only way they can make life better for somebody is to hand them a book, hand them a dollar, give them a hand up on a job, or whatever else they do. You know, they're, they're do-good platforms and projects and things like that. But salt, no. You see, when you start doing this, all of a sudden somebody's going to notice that you're different. They're going to notice that you have hope. Now you find yourself in that position that you've probably never been in before in your life. What is that? A position of witness to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. That's all for this time. You want to write to the post office box? It's 718 Pytown, New Mexico. 87827. All right, till next time, Think Red Ink. Bye bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. 
Email don at thinkredink.com. That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.